Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And I don't know if you've ever been on a steam train, but as you kind of go, if you're ever on a steam train and you kind of, you're going up this hill, right, and the steam train starts to slow down, it starts to chug and chug and chug. And then slowly they put some more coal in the engine and the heat builds up and the combustion goes and then it starts to get faster and faster and faster. And it builds this thing called momentum. And you get to the peak of the crest and suddenly all that hard work turns into speed as you start to come down the other side. And then as you're coming to the station, you're coming in with lots and lots of speed. And Nicky Noodle, wouldn't you say that that's what our season has been like, and we've just hit the crest and starting to flow on the other side. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just from one week to the next, just keep rolling on and just keeps getting better. Can't really complain. Better and better. Now, it's been a little while since you've been on the pod. What's been going on? Well, everyone said I yawned too much and that I was just a bore, so I spat the dummy and now when the podcast needed me most, I answered the call and I am back. Bit like uh, a bit like Andrew McGrath missing and then coming back. You you've timed it well for your return. That's right. Yep. Time to perfection. Do you know what yawning's better than? <laughs> what? This. Ah uh, yes, my brother, the old fiddler. The old Matthews. He needs a fidget spinner or something. Yeah. I'll, there you go. Christmas present. I'll get him that for Christmas. Nice, nice. A nice Problem seven dollar Christmas present. Yep. Hey, it's the thought that counts. It is. It is. And and the thoughts, your thoughts are for all our seven listeners who try and get through this episode each week without being infuriated by the clicking. Yes. Well, there'll be no clicking. There'll just be nothing but good laughs and great uh, footballing insight. That's right. Between yeah. two nicks. And, and a bit of between two nicks. That sounds like a great talk show. Almost like between two ferns. Yeah, it, well, it probably has the potential to be even better than Between Two Ferns. Indeed. Maybe we should start a new podcast. What would we podcast about on Between Two Nicks? Should we just like talk about the, you know, the current events, what's going on in our world? Yeah, current events, then we'll go to superheroes, yep. video games, sport. We could Let's talk about anything. Yeah. Oh, Between Two Nicks, I like it. Let's put that in the back pocket. Maybe one for the off-season. Yeah, a great, uh, great off-season pod to keep all our, our seven listeners entertained for the That's next right. season of football. That's right. But having said that, that off-season might be a little bit further away than we first anticipated. This is true. We're in the eight. We, I messaged it as soon as we got the first goal. I put it in our little group chat, live ladder. We're in the eight. And <laughs> Maddie was bamboozled. He thought we'd made it. He thought that we could overtake GWS and jump to seventh. Yep, he's just, yeah, just a good old Matty, just wasn't switched on. Was, was not switched on at all. But look, uh, in a, a nice, we said on the pod last week, I don't know if you listened, but we said on the pod last week that really, if we're a serious football team, we should dispatch of the Suns comfortably. And I would have been happy with, say, a six or seven goal margin. Probably six goal margin would have been a fair result. But it's a really great result 
um, overall. And given that other results went our way over the last couple of weeks, it's it's a re- it's really pleasing to be in the eight with one round to go, and essentially an elimination final followed hopefully by another elimination final. Yep, it's yeah, exactly right. Um, we're just. You know, you make your own luck. So we've kept winning. We beat the dogs and then, you know, a few results have fallen our way. But, you know, you look at our percentage and it's, 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 I think it's the seventh most healthiest. So we, we deserve to definitely be in the eight. I reckon two years ago, we scraped in with a below 100% and probably could say you didn't deserve to be there. Whereas this year, we're, you know, we deserve to be there. Well, it's really interesting because I'm just bringing up this stat right now. Uh, so you can just make some elevator music if you like. <laughs> so it has been 6,182 days since Essendon wa- last won a final, according to the internet. Um, but you're exactly right. In, in previous years, we've come into the finals. We had a chat about this. Uh, you, you were correct with 2014. We actually came in quite strongly. I, I do remember players coming back from injury, though, like not quite having a full team and a team up to full fitness. Um, but in the years since then, and since 2004, really, I don't remember a final series where we haven't limped over the line and just made the finals, you know? Um, 2017, we kind of just scraped in in the last round. Uh, when did we previously make that? 2019, same thing. We we were assured of a final spot with round 22, but Hurley dislocated his shoulder in, in that game. We, we rested the whole team against Colin. Once we knew we were in, we, I think it was like six changes, six, seven changes, all rested. And But Stringer had, had like, he'd been in and out with injury. Like our fitness staff were, were quite poor at the time. So we certainly didn't go into that final game um, with any strength or any confidence in our bodies at all. Um, and that's sort of been, and which is the case, right? When, you, when you're finishing seventh and eighth, it, you're never really timing your run into the finals very well. You're always struggling to get there. Um, so it's hard to adjust your training loads. But also our fitness staff have just been poor for quite a number of years. Uh, but if we do make it this year, I feel like we've actually, we're coming in and it's the first time in a long time that I feel like we've gotten to the end of the season and we're hitting our best form and actually getting our players to a really good level of fitness um, to take us through into the first week of finals and beyond. Um, well, yeah, it's funny you talk about fitness because on my Twitter feed today, Scooter McNeese was talking about Essendon's third in the AFL for fourth quarters one in 2021 mm. um, and equal fourth for first quarters one. So it shows we're, we're entering games, uh, we, you know, we're quick off the blocks and we finish games strong, mm. which is a very, very good sign for team team fitness. That That is, it's really pleasing and... To see these results in the second year of Sean Murphy's uh, tenure is is really pleasing. I, I have to say that I'm I'm pretty happy with the overall fitness um, in terms of running out games and and strength through games. And admittedly, I'm really happy with players returning from injury being fit, which is something that Rutten spoke about earlier in the year. Uh, that players would not be selected just because they're not injured anymore, but they actually need to be fit and ready to perform. So he's been true to his word, and Sean Murphy's been true to his word, that players have come back ready to play, which is good. Which is, yeah, good signs for Waller then when he comes mm. back. 
I'm I'm a little bit concerned still with some injury management issues, but that's that may not be Sean Murphy's section. He he might be purely the fitness. I don't know. I don't know how it works inside footy clubs. Um, you know, some of that rehab stuff would have to come down to the medical professionals, right? The physios, etc. Um, so anyway, enough of our rambling. Why don't we take a little bit of a break? And when we come back, we can jump straight into the match against the gold. Here comes the sun, I say, it's all right. These Sunday afternoon games, when you win, it's kind of a nice time slot, particularly when you're stuck in lockdown. It kind of, I don't know about you, but it gives me something to look forward to for the whole weekend. So, and especially when you win the game, it really makes your Sunday afternoon and the end of the weekend good. But I kind of like it, knowing that it's kind of late on Sunday, you can have your Friday night and your Saturday, get up to whatever you want to get up to in lockdown, um, and then have your morning and take it easy on Sunday morning and slowly roll into the game after lunch. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it just, it, it tops off. It's it's like a nice dessert. It just tops off. You've had a good weekend, Friday, Saturday, and then you top it off with a nice 70-odd point win against Gold Coast. It's just good. And we got a little bit of luck early in the week, didn't we? We, we'd been unlucky all season in getting stuck into state and having to stay for multiple weeks in Perth and going up to Queensland, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we got a little bit lucky in that the game was supposed to be on the Gold Coast, but it got scheduled for Victoria. And of course, I'm sure Gold Coast got given the choice of where they wanted to play it, and they decided to not play it at one of our two home grounds, Marble or the MCG. Which you can't blame them, can you? No, it's yeah, fair enough. Not that yeah. it mattered because we smashed them anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. But I understand their reasoning. Well, what were your overall thoughts of the game? Uh, slow start. When we got going, it looked good. Um, it seemed like a pretty bruise-free afternoon of footy. Um, but like, oh, yeah, can't complain with a seventy-point win. Mm. I felt that early in the game. We we needed to clean up our disposal. It was a bit poor going forward, and our decision making going forward was a bit poor. I felt that they tried to take advantage of the wind, and they had our deepest forward, which was Waterman, was a little bit too far forward, and so they'd bomb it, and then it gave Gold Coast enough time to flood numbers back or get get into the ball and intercept. Rather than being composed and going for that bomb when they needed to, they kind of just tried to slam it onto the boot to get it over the top of Gold Coast Press. And that ended up hurting us a little bit. Um, and Gold Coast were able to, to match our score and take it down the other end and score. I think, yeah. I think the biggest issue is, yeah, we're going long, but they um, Gold Coast were flooding back. Like, any time stop a play, they had 16-odd blokes. Like, they were not trying to score that quarter at all. They were simply just defend, 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 which yeah, yeah, made yeah, it even I agree. harder. And, and we saw that when they tried to come out of their defense. They just got nowhere. You know, the, the Essendon... I've been really happy with our team defense when it's worked, that Essendon seems to stop your options for being able to move the ball through the center of the ground. Um, 
when teams are really highly skilled and can hit up the short targets consistently and spread well enough, we've been found out a little bit. But when it's worked, it's looked really good and players, opposition teams have kind of just gotten stuck sort of at their half-back line. And then we've been able to um, either chop it off when we get to our half-back line or create a, a higher turnover further up the ground. I think, yeah, I think it works. It worked well at GMHPA because it's such a skinny ground. Mm. It'd work well at Etihad. I think, yeah, when you go to like the G, that's probably Optus. Um, if we had played that at Metricon, we probably would have been found out a bit just because they're such big grounds. With big wide wings, right? Yeah. It's funny that you say it was pretty bruise-free, but that was certainly the impression I got after quarter time. It, it seemed like... Um, Gold Coast really dropped off their intensity. Like, there was one passage of play in the third quarter when Devin Smith ran it down the wing, took a couple of bounces, and then was able to stop and wait. He hadn't taken a mark or anything. He was able to stop and wait and then hit a target inside 50. No one came to him. And that was sort of the theme of the whole day after quarter time, to be honest. And I, if I was Stuart Dew, I would have been pretty ropeable with, with the effort there. Yeah, I think... No, I think it's, I'm, they were, the commentators are saying during the game, I think we scored about 30 or 40 points from defensive half rebounds. Yeah. So that just indicates the ease that we were bringing it from our back 50 uh, up the other end. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you'd be pretty ropeable if you're Stewie Jew. Yeah, I, um, I, I have to say I massively underrated Tuke Miller. He He's really good with his disposal. He gets his hands on a lot of footy. I'm surprised that other people haven't come after him. He goes after, like, usually... I'm pretty sure he lined up first centre bounce when... I think he either went to Parish or Merritt, but he's usually, like, a like he'll be responsible for the opposition's probably usually their best player at the stoppage. Mm. Um, and we saw with... Uh, I think it was a third. He went to Stringer. Stringer ran forward, and I think probably speaks about how good and disciplined Took Miller is. M- Miller ran with him. And then Stringer's got like 10 centimetres on him and probably like 10 kilos mm. outmarked him. But it just shows that the, the work rate and the discipline of Miller um, in the way he just goes about his footy. Yeah. And I'm really surprised like someone like a North Melbourne hasn't opened their war chest and tried to unsuccessfully pry him <laughs> out of the Gold Coast, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Well, to be honest, North Melbourne now are looking like they're going to have one of the scariest mids in the comp. Um, they so look they pretty don't good, need don't him. they? LDU, Simkin, um, Phillips. Uh, who else they got? Stevenson, yeah, Tarrant Thomas. Look good running through the midfield. They're, yeah, they're going to be scary. Very scary. This is, this is not a North Melbourne co- podcast, is it, Nicky Noodle? This is a no, this is podcast. Essendon. Yes, that's right. And those shin boners can stay where they belong uh, <laughs> in lockdown in Melbourne's inner north. Fair enough. That, that they can. That in the northwest, can. really. North Melbourne's kind of a bit west. I don't even. All I know is it's they're in the north of Melbourne. That's I don't. But, I don't even know where Arden Street is. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever been to Arden Street. Yeah. N- neither Why would you I. go there? Well, there's nothing to see there. It's just poo poo. <laughs> but yeah. So, look, um, Tuke Miller. Yeah, I thought he was probably the Suns' only shining light. Um, Collins. Collins. Collins was good, right? He playing yeah. on Peter Wright. Yeah. Coming He's off seven goals. Tough bloke. Mm. Yeah, he had a really good game. But they're about the only two that I would say um, really played well. Everyone else, Essendon, we just demolished them in mm-hmm. sort of all facets of the game, right? 
Yeah. Um, Zach Smith got a belting by Draper. Oh. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, the number 50, or th- I think number 50 with the blonde mullet, scullet, blonde scullet. Scullet. Yeah. We had the you know, shaved scullet and then just... It's disgusting, right? He looked uh, he looked dangerous, but he didn't do much. Um, Jai Farrar. Yeah, kicked, kicked a nice snag from the uh, from the boundary. Yeah, one of their four. So yeah, yeah. Um, I have a very sad like, and that is Tom Cutler's kicking skills. It's a pretty decent player. He he's actually he's turned his career around, hasn't he? In the last few weeks. Yeah, he saved it. That's what he's done. Yeah. I I have to admit, he... And our loyal listeners will remember back to previous episodes where you said that he's going to be the greatest player ever to play for Essendon. And I said, I'll be wrapped. If he becomes that player, I just didn't think he had it in him. Well, now we're seeing it. Now we're seeing the superstar that is T-Colour. But he's kicking. His kicking is a weapon. Now that he has some confidence, he he weights his kicks really well. He he can hit darts. He's got power in his leg. Uh, you know, he's got great length. Yeah, he really can open up the game with his kicking. And as and the more confident he gets, I think the more that, that it's going to be quite um, important for us going forward. Like he could potentially be on on one half back flank and hit the opposite half forward flank. Um, across the ground, the right? Yeah. Like, it's it's really could be quite a weapon. And I can understand why they... I think they gave up a second round pick for him. Why they were willing to give up such a high Second draft or third, something like that. Something like that. I don't that. think it was second, but... I know the, the Lions were keen to keep him, but yeah. Um, he went game time. Yeah, which is fair enough. Um, so I've been I've been really happy with his performances. And I thought um, his kicking in particular on the weekend, I was really pleased with. Yeah. It just shows if you want to reinvent a player, just send him to the back line. Yeah. It saves careers. It, it genuinely does. <laughs> it absolutely can save careers for sure. So, very happy. You got a like for me? Uh, Devin Smith. Yeah, uh, yeah, go on. This is just probably probably the first game I reckon I've seen all season where he just did the team thing. No stupid free kicks, no stupid 50s. It was just a good team performance. And it was probably highlighted where I think it was the second. He's running into the 50. Mm-hmm. The week before, he, he snapped on his left, like running parallel with goal. Yep. He could have snapped on his right this week. Last week, he missed, didn't make the distance. This week, he hits up Archie Perkins, who misses a set shot, but... He did the right thing and he hit up Archie Perkins who can go back, take the set shot kick, which is probably a higher percentage, a, a kick with a much higher percentage than running flat out snap across your body. Yeah, I agree. I was really happy with his performance and I was really happy with his team performance. So, um, admittedly, he should have got a free kick in, I can't remember what quarter it was, but he got dumped after he disposed of the ball. And every time he does that, he gets penalised and he deserved to get one there and they didn't give it to him. Yep. It's just his luck. Yeah, but, you know, I agree with you. I think that was all that he really needed to add to his game was to stop being so selfish and start to look for teammates more. And I think, ironically, when you do the team thing, you stand out more. Yeah, it does. And it just reflects positively on you and um, the whole team. So I was, yeah, I agree. I was really happy with his performance. Um. Another like for me is Sam Draper. 
obviously. Another great game. Um, admittedly against a Ruckman who's probably past his best and is potentially not going to be on the list next year as, as the talk goes. Um, I remember watching Gold Coast's very first game ever and I remember watching this and going, what, what surprised me wasn't the quality of their smalls, but they had these tall players that just seemed to move so well for players of their size. And that was Smith and um, and Charlie Dixon. I thought, oh, geez, in a few years, these players are going to be incredible. Or this team's going to be incredible. And evidently, that you know, obviously... The club Everyone left. Reached so... that, that height. But yeah, even Zach Smith left and then came back. But I, I would say Dixon's probably gotten close to his potential. But I think Smith, in my mind, for the performance he put in in that very first game, is not did not get anywhere near where he should have, given his ability to move around the ground and that sort of thing. Yeah. Says me, who's never played an AFL game in my life, and Zach Smith has probably played a couple hundred. Um, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, 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 I get that. I get that. Uh, like for me, I can't really think of any. I mean, it was nice to just to start poorly and then just switch on like that. Mm. Like It was just, you know, in years gone by, We'd turn it like Gold Coast had turned into a scrap fest. It'd be a shit fight all day. Yeah. We'd, we'd win by ten points. Over the line. Yeah, exactly. We'd need Kyle Hooker to kick a goal in the last. That's right. We'd need, need Kyle Hooker to take a grab and kick a goal. Something like that. Something that shouldn't happen would happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just it was just good, good, calming performance. Like there was no was zero stress. Mm. Like it wasn't freaking out at all. It was just. Just professional, mature performance. I was thinking that late in the game, or not late in the game, in about the third quarter, I'm like, oh, geez, it's nice to be watching a game of footy and just be able to enjoy the good play. Once we got part... Because I, I was watching the game and I thought, mm, if we get out to six goals, that's it. They're never catching us. And it was so nice to get to that lead and then continue to just dominate the game and be able to watch an Essendon game and just enjoy it unfolding in front of you. Is, is this what it felt like 20 years ago? When we yeah, in 2000. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely did. Um, I've, got a, I've got a dislike connected to my like, and that is Sam Draper needs to take the first option by hand. <laughs> Several times this year, he has gotten an amazing clearance and then... I kind of hesitated and not sure what to do with it. Whereas in both situations, he's been caught and caught holding the ball and it goes down the other end. And both times, he had the option of either putting it on the boot or taking the first option by hand to get it to someone who's actually better at disposing of the football than him. And I think it was Dylan Shield this time was on his right-hand side. Yeah, um, some, it was him or Merritt was one of them. Someone. And he should have just given the first option. Um, and ultimately, it didn't matter. It didn't cost us anything. But... I think once he gets the nous and the confidence to give that first option, he's going to be he's going to tear games apart. Yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Even BT called him out on it. Yeah, it was it was just a, a terrible decision, and I, I can see how he gets caught in two minds because he can probably hit it from there and probably get it. You know, he can probably kick it that far that he's like, should I just slam it on the boot or should I give the first option? And he's like, oh, and he didn't do either, um, and it really. In other games, it's going to hurt us. He just needs yeah. to get that out of his game. Well, he has, I don't think he's played 20 games yet, so he'll learn. He definitely will, and definitely will. And that's where you see Max Gorn has improved his career and become the best Ruckman in the game. And that's where Brody Grundy goes really well, is he 
he has that nous to give the ball first time and, and select the right option. And hopefully, Sammy Draper gets to that point because he's got the talent too. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. I reckon he will. It just seems like he's got the just just the, the mongrel, just the tenacity, just just the drive to be to be the yeah. best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I got another dislike. We did not kick over a hundred points when we got to ninety eight at the halfway point of the last, last quarter. quarter. <laughs> yeah, look, a bit disappointing. It was just frustrating. Like, yeah. it, it's meaningless, right? It's this kind of stuff that we talked about a couple of weeks ago in the Adelaide game where that was the most frustrating, you know, belting of a team that I'd ever seen because none of those little things when the game's boring that you get excited about tend to happen. And it's just something for me, I, I would have thought that we could have run up our biggest score of the year in, in this game and inaccuracy and not taking our easy chances really cost us. But I would just would have liked one more goal. Like that, that game kind of just petered out to a finish, right? It just kind of... It just seemed, yeah, we probably took the foot off, off the break a bit like, oh, the game's done, boys. Don't do anything stupid. Don't hurt yourselves. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was, that was, not that it matters, but that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But, oh well. A win's a win. We kept them to 30, so like that's still, from a percentage point of view, it's still very good. And they only kicked one goal after half-time. Even better. So we've improved it dramatically defensively, mm. I feel, throughout the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're not they're not much chop, right? But we, we did really, you know, strangle them, stop them from getting any flow at all from quarter time onwards. Yeah. Yep, yep, I agree. What did you uh what did you make of the performance of our boom recruit two meter Peter? Uh well, not as good as last week, but it's never easy coming up against your old team. Mm, Especially Townsend will talk to that. Oh, mate, Townsend was playing for us. <laughs> well, absolutely <laughs> was. He gave away so many. <laughs> he was. I don't think he knew which jumper he had on. No, I don't think either. <laughs> um, but um, nah, it's never easy, especially like against a mob who like just didn't give you a chance. Just completely thought you weren't up to it, weren't good enough. It probably probably in his head a little bit, but. Mm. Um, and he's up against Collins as well, who's, you know, as we said before, very good player. Um, but, yeah. Um, Frank had a good game because Peter Wright had to take Collins, so can't really complain well, too much. Well, there's always a flow-on effect, right? If you've got one player taking their best defender, then someone else gets free. And, and he was um, in a lot of situations where he created a bit more play because of taking the man. Or, it, like, he was essentially playing our number one forward, right? Um, so the fact that he didn't kick any goals was not great, but he, he did his job. He competed in the ruck. He brought the ball to ground. Uh, he did get out-muscled a few times, which I was disappointed with when he had the front position. Um, but apart from that, it wasn't a terrible game. It just wasn't great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he wasn't... It's not like every touch he had was a turnover or anything like that. Mm. Um, it was just, yeah, it just wasn't as good as last week. Do you know, I, got, I really like Francis up forward. And one thing, apart from him not holding his mark, had he, if he held his marks, he would have had a dominant, another dominant day, right? It was another almost game, right? Yeah. But what I like about Francis is when he brings it to ground, 
he, I don't think I've seen anyone who's better at directing where a dropped mark goes. <laughs> he, he almost taps them down to our forwards, right? Our crumbing forwards. Did you notice that? I didn't. Um... When, if you watch this game again, or you watch him next week, just see, when he, when he doesn't mark it, he almost cradles it to a drop zone in front of him. And I think if someone like Snelling or whoever's playing small forward cottons onto it, I reckon he's going to create quite a few scoring shots. I think eventually they will start sticking the grabs. So, because like I'll be truthfully when I watch and I notice Freya, it's when there's almost marks where he gets two hands to it and they just, yep. just bounces out of it. And, but we know if he's a good pair because you throw him at the other end, and like I don't know what it is when you go down back, you don't seem to juggle your marks when you're up forward. Blokes just seem to juggle them. Yeah. But it'll come. I think I think when you're intercept marking, you're running at the ball that's being kicked somewhere else. And so you're actually better at... Uh, you're not relying on the kicker to hit you with a good pass. And so I think it can be a little bit more difficult to judge because when you're a defender, you're watching the flight come in and then you can make your way and time your jump really well. Whereas when you're leading at the football, you're already in motion you already got that momentum and you're relying on the kick a little bit more to be good for you to mark. And so it can be a b- little bit more difficult to judge. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably need to take a bit off the kicks. Mm. Love them a bit more. But, and also yeah. that, that comes in with practice. The better you get at being a forward, the better you get at leading and knowing where to put the ball, etc., etc. Yeah, no, exactly right. It'll come. We've just got to be patient. It'll come. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And look, he... He may, I, I ex- fully expect him to be going back to the back line next year, but he's just doing a good enough job this year that they'll keep him there. And he's he's talented enough that he may get a Jake Carlisle type performance in the forward line, like a you know those performances where Carlisle would kick six or eight goals yeah. or whatever. Where he just that day against the Bulldogs, where he just marked everything kicked and eight, kicked eight yeah. goals. Yeah, I think Francis has that type of performance in him, but I don't think he will be a forward long term. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think what's keeping me out of the back line is probably Cutler at the moment, mm. um, and you know we're saying in our, in our group message. You don't you don't want to just make changes to your backline willy nilly because you upset um, the chemistry, mm. just the way things are going. So if things are going swimmingly, you just you leave them be and um, yeah. And I think he's decent in the. I'm not. He's not a bad forward by any stretch. He's keeping Kyle Hooker out of the team, so it's not like he's playing poorly in the forward line. He's just he's just having almost games. Yeah. Well, he still kicked two snags last week. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, yeah. Uh, he's still at. I don't know. Did he kick? I don't know if he kicked one this week. I know he missed one. So he's definitely he's still getting shots on goal. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Uh, get rid of these Gold Coast players. We don't want to see him. Uh, two behinds he kicked, yeah. and they were from set shots too. Although one of them was a real tough kick. Yeah, one was in the pocket. Yeah, that's right. Um, the other one was he probably should have kicked that one. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if he's having almost games, he's getting two shots on goal. You know, he kicks, like, just saying, like, say his next year, he's getting two shots on goal. He's kicking them. He's going to kick 40 goals a year. Yeah. That's, that's all you right. need from a key forward. Mm. So. Especially a number two forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you make of Andy McGrath's return? He's quiet, but it's not easy coming straight back into AFL footy. 
what did he miss? Nine or twelve weeks? Nine weeks, nine weeks. is that's a really good recovery from a PCL. I wouldn't know. I'm not the health professional here. You're normally looking at twelve weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's some diligent rehab. That's really that's well done on Andy McGrath's part. So what do I do? They just take a graft from. No, I didn't have surgery. Didn't have surgery. Okay. So uh, that'll take minimum six weeks to heal. Yep. Um, and then he's got to strengthen the knee around it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So nine weeks is that's a really good recovery. Um, um, we've always so known he's professional. Him. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, he did a lot of work while he was in quarantine. So, um, yeah, really well done by Andy. Very pleased with that performance. Good Look, on our it. midfield just trucked along, didn't it? Yeah, they just got it done. Um, Parish Merritt, same good performances. I was really happy with Mason Redmond's game. Yeah, he also played very well. I um, I would say that's close to probably his best game for the club. Yeah, I can't think of a game, a better game I've seen him play. Like, he's bobbed up with more spectacular stuff, but he was yeah. just consistent across the four quarters. Him and Hind really cut up Gold Coast. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, Redmond, he's had games where he's kicked snags from outside 50, but this was just felt like a, a complete performance. Uh, 583 metres gained. So that is that was the most. So he had 583. Parrish had 563. Ridley had 500. Stringer 511. Um, I would have thought, that oh no, quite a few kicks went backwards for Hind, um, so maybe that's why he doesn't have such a high meters gained. Oh, 400, 409, it's not bad, it's still, yeah, that's still a fair amount. So, um, yeah, really happy with their performances. Uh, look, Heppel amazing to come back and just play and be the same Heppel, yeah. Well, you know, you're always going to get from him. Here's um, yeah. His range is coming back in as well. He's he's hitting better kicks. He's getting more damaging by foot again, which is yeah. we always knew it would take quite a while for him to get back to that level. But I've been, you know, especially in the second half of the year, I've been really happy with his performances. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah, the move to the back line does it again. He's just his disposal's gotten even better. Mm. Yeah, well, it's got more time with the ball. Doesn't it's it? yeah, it's it's not as uh. You're not under as much pressure as you are in the midfield. Mm. Mm. What do you think of Dylan Shield? I thought this was a much better performance. I didn't think his disposal was too bad. And I thought we didn't need him to cut up size with his uh, with his kicking. But he, it's, like it's, it's the way he moves a ball in hand. So I thought uh, many times on Sunday, he literally just picked up the ball, just ran around a few... Like, and when you when you run, you know, at players, you draw players in, you just open up the field because you're getting one or two players to come at you and just you free up someone. So that's pretty much all you need from someone as, as good as Dylan. Then you've got, you know, you can give it to Merritt on the outside, Parrish on the outside, who are, I would say are better by foot than him. Um, mm. And stuff like yeah, just like that. That's all we need from him. I, I really liked his game. I get the sense he's just coming back to fitness slowly and he's building nicely. And he's doing less but achieving more, Yeah, if that makes sense. He, he really seems to... I was wondering how he would fit into the system given that Parrish has had such a dominant year. 
And I feel like when Dylan Shield gets back to 100%, I think our midfield's going to be really hard to stop. Yeah. Because he's not having to do all the grunt work. And doesn't it, it doesn't need to be a clearance machine. No, and you can see that that's freed him up a little bit. And there was a couple of times when he's fumbled pickups over the last couple of weeks that he would normally just pick up cleanly. And when that comes, I think... he'll Look, he'll get back to his 30 possessions a game. Not that he needs to, right? Like, if he sits around the 20-25 but has metres gained and score involvements and just opens up the play like he is doing... He's so powerful when he runs with the ball under his arm. I think that's really all we need from him. And I I think he's just fitting in really nicely. And once he gets back to 100%, I think, yeah, like I said, it's it's going to be exciting. He's just going to add another cog to that midfield. Yeah. it's Yeah, the midfield's building nicely. It's good. Coldwell as well, just waiting in the Well, he played a half on. He played... No, 70% game time in the scratch match on the weekend. And apparently he played quite well. So, I I don't know. Do you bring him in when he's fit? I'd ask him for the rest of the year. Because I, the, the obvious one is to drop Dylan Clark for him. But Dylan Clark is doing his job really well. Good role player, he is. Yeah. He is. I mean, I think if Langford ends up fit before the end of the year, then probably Langford he takes in. You take Dylan Clark's spot because um, I I think they're different. I think he can't replace Sam Durham because they're different players. I think Durham, Sam yeah, Durham, Durham's a winger. Like a yeah, he's winger. he's sort of kept Wilham. Uh, Wilham. I do this every time. <laughs> Braden Ham. Wilham's not at the club anymore. No, nah, no, nah, Wilham is long gone. He's keeping Braden Ham out. Yeah, he's playing Ham's role, and I feel like Dylan Clark with his size is is replacing Langford a little bit. He's getting forward, getting shots on goal, playing well. Uh, I, but I just can't see Guelphie did well in the tipper role, you know, playing the pressure forward, and I can't see Caldwell replacing him. Uh, so I don't really know anyone to be dropped from this team would be very, very unlikely. Unlucky given the two weeks that we've had. Yeah, a bit I, like Gleason last week. Very unlucky. Uh, but you got to bring the skipper back in. Exactly. Yeah, you can't not play. Dice. Um, but yeah, overall, really happy. Defense was really solid. Worked as a unit, created a lot of run going forward. Midfield, absolutely dominant. And then the forward line, from their opportunities, were really quite efficient. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it felt like every time we went forward, we were going to score. So you can't ask for much more than that. So we'd be a bit remiss if we didn't. Have a chat about this man. The, the package. package. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Stringer. Another another incredible performance. Can play football, that man. Mm. Can play football. And I remember when we drafted him, everyone was saying, oh, you know, he's a bit of a hack. He's, you know, not Essendon supporters, but friends of mine that went for the, op- for the other for the teams were saying that. But I always said to them, he's got all the attributes to play the Dustin Martin role. He's exactly the type of player that can dominate a clearance and then go forward and kick you four or five goals. And he's finally gotten fit enough to play that role really well. And he's he's a different player, but potentially could end up playing that role better. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Better. That's that's a big call considering. I think he's a better forward than Dusty. Yeah, I think he's I think he's better overhead. He can play more of a key forward role, and it, I think he is a bit smarter around goals. Uh, yeah, I guess in that aspect as a forward, yeah, Stringer's probably got Dusty beat, but Dusty's a better midfielder, mm. I would think. Mm. Well, at this stage, and and I think if Stringer continues to get fitter, then I reckon the the sky's the limit for Stringer. He could be anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, provided he keeps fit and just he keeps enjoying his football. I think, yeah. I think that's been the biggest thing for him since he since he came to Essendon was getting him to enjoy his football because mm. it was a pretty big fallout from, from the dogs. From the doggies, yeah. I think he is the one player in our 22 that is irreplaceable. Yep, I agree. We've got, in every other position, we have we have some depth. That someone goes down, someone else steps back in. But I don't think we have another player on the list that does what Jake Stringer does. Yeah. I would say maybe at this point, I reckon give Perkins a few years mm. and I reckon we could have two Jake Stringers running around. Just just because Perkins is 19, he's already breaking tackles, always gets the arms free. Mm. And, you know, he's missed he missed 12 months of footy last year. Um, yeah, the sky's the limit for Perko. But yeah. I really like Perkins, but... Um, and I agree, he could be anything as well. But I think in terms of replacing that role, like Waterman can replace Stringer in the forward line. He's a similar build. Well, he can't replace him, but he can fill that role, right? Yeah, he can kick a snag. Yeah, and then potentially you can have Caldwell replacing him at the coal face, but that's two players to do the role of what Jake Stringer's doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think he he is the player that you will... He will put the team on on his back and carry them. I agree. Mm, so, so very very exciting. Great game. Look, I reckon he's in all Australian form. Uh, who knows if you get selected? But I think definitely deserving. Really, really good. Another good performance. Um, and uh, really has been the difference for us in a lot of games this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, just a wonderful campaign. Just. Just sublime. Mm. Mm. So why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we'll have a look forward to our first elimination final, round 23 against the Pirates. So this is it, Nicky Noodle. Win, and we are in. I'd have to say that at the start of the season, if someone had told me that in the very last round, we were right in the mix to play finals, I would say I think that is a successful season for us this year. Because the talk was that we were going to be a bottom four, bottom six team. and to be heading into the last round, not only uh, with a chance of playing finals, but in fact, in control of our destiny, I couldn't say 
I'm, I couldn't be happier for the season. I mean, I'll be disappointed if we lose to Collingwood, but looking back overall, I'm wrapped with what we've been able to achieve this year. I agree. <laughs> we, we sat here after the Essendon Hawthorne game, round one, and we were like, all right, we're not going to win a game for the first seven weeks now that we've lost that. We're going to go 0-7. Yeah. And now we're, we're t- I think we're 10 and 11 now to go 11 11. That's, uh... We went pretty close to 0 and 7. We went 2 and 6. Did we actually go 2 and 6? Yeah. That is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel like 2 and 6. Mm. No, and, and that's the thing. We lost quite a few games by less than a kick. Yeah. And, and that's why there was cause for optimism. Um. We thought maybe we'd left our run too late, but as it turns out, we might have timed it to perfection. I reckon we have. Well, yeah, it's it's a close season, and just people uh, teams just keep dropping games. So, mm. yeah. Can't and the complain. thing is, everyone from six and above has actually won fourteen games or more, which is quite rare in a season like this. Um, normally, you don't have you know, six teams that are so much better than the rest. And I think that's played into our hands a little bit because those top six spots have been locked in for a number of weeks and it's really been the next six teams that are struggling for the last two spots. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's Yeah, it's opened up the bottom um, 10 or so spots in the, mm. yeah, in the ladder. And look at... Looking ahead to Collingwood, you would think similar to Gold Coast that we should dispatch of Collingwood quite routinely. But for me, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a danger game. Well, the Essendon of yesteryear would squander this game, mm. but in Rutten we trust. Yeah, and I I agree. I'm more confident now going into a game like this than I have been at any point in the last 20 years. That's what we love to hear. Well, let's say since 2012, 2013. <laughs> what could have been, but what was not. Oh. Um, the Collingwood will, will come out and they will absolutely want to knock us off and kick us out of the finals. This, is, this will be a grand final for them. Yep. And what I like about this from a learning experience is it's going to have finals-like intensity, at least early. Yeah. But what I would expect us to do, given the um, gap in quality at this point of the year, is that we should match that in the first quarter and then, similar to Gold Coast, just cruise to victory. If, if we're a serious team, that really should be what happens. Even take the, uh, the sting out of it, so... You just chip it around because it'll be at the G, so this, it's so easy to just chip it around, chip through zones at the G because there's just so much space. You chip it around, just take a real sting out of the game. Mm. Um, and it, probably a team like Collingwood, um, oh, just when you're poorly, when you when you take the, the, the sting and just the zap out of a game, it, it probably just deflates you a little bit and you don't know how to get the game back on your terms mm. and they'll probably go back into their shells. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I'm looking at Collingwood's team from last week, and let me name all the players I've never heard of. Nathan Murphy, Jack Magin, Bo McCreary, Jack Ginnivan, Trent Bianco, Finlay McRae, Trey Rusco, 
Oliver Henry, Brody Grundy. Ah, yes, Brody Grundy. I've never heard of that man either. <laughs> no, but that's that's a significant group that I have just have no idea who they are or how they play or what they do. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a very young team. They've either been decimated by injury or just not picking the older players. Play the kids. Yeah. Um, they've still got good players in there. Majacek's going to be out. I think he's injured or suspended? Suspended. Hey, okay. Ball's gone past him. He's left the ground. He's stuck the elbow up. So. Oh, yeah. I did see that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Suspended. Um, so their midfield of Grundy, still side bottom, Adams, Dugowie is not terrible. It's still, yeah. If you if you come in unprepared, they'll they'll tear you up. Mm. Mm. I'm excited for um, Grundy on Draper, Draper on Grundy. I think that's going to be a, yeah. a great match. We didn't get to see it Anzac Day, so it should yeah. be. I'm should very be good. excited. Um, what do you reckon? How do you reckon this game goes? Um. Probably, look, if if we get on top in the midfield, it's easy. Like, mm. our back line should uh, accommodate for their forward line, no worries. I agree. I think our back line's um, better than their forward line, for sure. Our forward line, um, if Roughhead plays, probably goes to Peter Wright. Madgen probably goes to Freya. I don't rate Madgen. I think Roughhead's a good lockdown defender, so Peter Wright will probably... Although Peter Wright... Sh- Anzac Day had a good day, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Ruffhead was, was Ruffhead playing that day? Yeah, he must have been on hooker. Okay. Um, so, yeah, essentially, if we let their midfield get on top, um, it'll be a real arm wrestle. If we our midfield gets on top, and I reckon we will, because Collingwood, even when Grundy was at the peak of his powers, Collingwood always struggled around the clearances, and I think that probably falls down to Grundy not being the best hap ruckman. Um, I'm, I think our midfield's better than their midfield on current form. It's definitely I think, deeper. I think Stringer's better than Dugowie right now. I think Parrish and Merritt have gone past Sidebottom and Adams. They don't have Pendlebury playing. Um, and I don't think they can match up on those players and Dylan Shield at the same time. I think, yeah, that's fair, I would say. Fair assessment. So, and I think, yeah, like you said, I think our back line's better than their forward line. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in our forward line, to be honest. I, apart from Stringer, I don't... And I'm yet yet to be proven wrong, but I, Peter Wright can pull out an amazing game. Franger can pull out an amazing game. Waterman can pull out an amazing game. But I, I still... Th- that's where my big question mark lies for us, is over the forward line, or our forward line. But... Having said that, we should get enough distribution from the midfield that we just roll over them. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree. It's all about the midfield. You win the midfield, we'll win the game. Mm. Um, mm. That's about the only that's the only area where it is of concern. Mm. But having said that, I think yeah, I think our midfield's better than theirs. Um, and I guess that in summary, that's how we win: is the midfield, right? Yep. Win yeah. the midfield, win the day. Mm. Where where do they win this game? Um, yeah, the midfield. Um, and probably, as, as we said, a lot of young kids in there. You know, every now and then, like, your youth can just pull out a performance where you, you sort of get a glimpse into the future. So if their young kids can step up, um, 
But yeah, that's probably about I, the only place I can see. I think this winning. will go one of two games. I think this will be their grand final and they'll really pull out one last performance. Or they'll saunter off into the sunset with one foot on the footy trip, given the up and down, stressful, crazy season that they've had with Buckley getting the sack, racism, staff, all of that, right? They might just be exhausted and ready to, to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah, um, probably. Let's hope that's the case, by the way. Oh, 100%. I'd love nothing more than to win by 10 goals mm. against mm. Collingwood. Where's um, where's that father-son kid? What is, what's his name? The one with the headband. Darcy Moore. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I think he did his PCL. Oh, did he? Let's have a look. He did. He didn't. Uh, he got injured. Might have been syndesmosis. I don't know, but he's he did it halfway through the year, so he, out for the year. Oh, so he's not coming back. No. Nah. Let's have a look at this injury list. Um, season. Yeah, he's done knee. So they're not getting anyone back because their injury list. Oh, maybe Braden Sire. Um, but everyone else on their list is done. Um, and the only other one that we that is a chance to play, yeah, Langford. Langford's done for the year, I think. His hamstring last week was listed two to three weeks, so we won't be playing this week. Uh, it's really only Caldwell that is Caldwell or Tipper close to a return. I think probably we leave Tipper out for another week. Just give him another 10-day block. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not sure when the 10-day block that they talk about started, right? Did it start after the previous game, in which case he'll be ready for this week, or did it start from when the middle of last week? Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't know. I guess we'll find out come Thursday. Mm. So, yeah, the only the only one that may come in for mine is, is Caldwell. Um, and I'm with you. I feel like you probably... Unless you're really confident that he can do a better job than Dylan Clark has been doing, I can't see him coming into the team. Yeah, uh, I can't see there being any changes, to be honest. No. no, I agree. So, yeah, very, very exciting times. And look, we'll be back next week regardless of the result. Um, I, yeah, I'll be disappointed if we don't win, but, you know, once, I, once the dust settles on the season... Um, if we've if we've finished the season in round twenty three with our fate in our hands, I'm pretty happy. But oh boy, imagine this pod if we make it into the eight. Oh, it'll be a very, 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 very happy, joyous podcast. It's uh, and look, we have we have the form to do some damage if we make the eight. And I said this a number of weeks ago. If we were to make finals, we're going to make finals in good form because we're going to have won four or five of the last seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's yeah, and we're getting everyone back. So, um, you know, all these Premiership teams all have good midfield depth. So our midfield depth's only gotten stronger with McGrath and Shield returning. Mm. If you get Langford back, even better. Um, but yeah, we're, it's, yeah, we're building nicely. Mm, very exciting times. Well, Nikki, thanks for joining me on this Monday evening. It's good to be here. Awesome. Hopefully I didn't bore all seven listeners with my yawning. That's right. That's right. But uh, where can people find us? Uh, at the Don Father on Instagram. Mm. 
Follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Podbean, Google Podcasts. Wherever Spotify. You Spotify, your footy news. So, until next week. Go Dons. Go Dons. Go Dons.